years. Has anybody here ever seen any of the Mad TV sketches? It was an older show. It was a lot like SNL, right? And some of the sketches, I think, were funnier. Like SNL, a lot of them can maybe go too far and be a little crude. But there was one sketch that I loved as a little kid or a younger person. I shouldn't say little kid. My mom wouldn't let me watch it. But uh, there was a character on there named Stuart. And Stuart was uh, like anywhere from like a three to seven-year-old maybe-ish, played by a 40-year-old man who wore whitey tidies and a flannel shirt, a flannel button-up. And his famous line is he would come out to his mom and he'd say, in real high-pitched voice, I'm going to try it, and, hey, mom, look what I can do. And then he'd just be like, and she'd be like, oh, Stewie, that's so great. You know, it always cracked me up, but as a parent now, I totally understand that because Cordelia always wants to show me the impossible things that she can do. And a lot of times it's like folding a piece of paper or watch me jump off the couch and just crash into a heap of what I would consider carnage. Like if I did that, I would literally shatter. Um, but she just like runs, jumps off the couch, lands on the hardwood floor. If we pull up the carpet, pretty sure we have huge holes just in our floor. Uh, there are certain areas I try to avoid and not walk around because it's like her common landing place. Um, and I think, man, that has got to hurt. But she, she just, look what I can do, jumps, crashes, pops right up and says, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then you just, wow, how'd you, how'd you learn to do that? I taught myself. Uh, of course you did. Of course you did, right? But she wants to show us the impossible things that we can do. Um, I think one of the cool things about that is uh, it shows us what faith like a child um, really means because Cordelia really believes, and I want her to believe, that she can absolutely do anything. Um, now, I don't want her to think that she can like get hit by a car and live because that's obviously bad. So there are certain parameters. But for the most part, I want her growing up thinking that she can do anything she puts her mind to and that she can be anything that she wants to be. And I firmly believe that. Um, as adults, we kind of lose some of that faith in ourselves, some of that faith in the world that we can do whatever and we can be whatever and that the impossible can happen. But today we're going to look at Daniel chapter 3 and we're going to see that um, when we have that belief, quite frankly, we're wrong. Daniel chapter 3 covers the burning, uh, the, the furnace, the, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the furnace by Nebuchadnezzar. Basically what happens is Nebuchadnezzar er erects a, a statue, a golden statue that he um, just wants everybody to worship. He makes it the God. And he says, hey, every day there's going to be a horn. The horn is going to blow. Whenever you hear the horn blow, you stop whatever you're doing, right where you're doing it, and you bend down and you worship this idol. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they don't play that game. Okay, they say that ain't happening. And uh, at this point, they were placed in high positions by King Nebuchadnezzar because um, of what we talked about two weeks ago when they had decided not to defile themselves with unclean food and they came back stronger and, and Nebuchadnezzar realized how wise they were and he put them in these high positions. So here Nebuchadnezzar has these high officials that are defying his order. Um, and he made it very clear, listen, if you defy this order, you're going to get thrown into a burning furnace. And so some of the other people, the satraps and teachers and and other wise men who were in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's positions before them, not happy that they got surpassed by these foreigners, decide, hey, uh, we're going to tattle. So they go to Nebuchadnezzar and they say, hey, here's these officials of yours, and they're not doing what you say. So Nebuchadnezzar comes out and says, oh, okay, well, you're going to get thrown in the burning furnace. We're going to look at Daniel chapter 3, as I said today. If you'll look in the Bible app or on the screen for verses 16 through 18 is where we're really going to start. It says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, 
King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And if he will deliver us from your majesty, and let me, whoop, where'd I go? We, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to, to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that uh, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So very respectful about defying the king. Hey, we just want you to know, your majesty, we're not doing what you told us to do. Um, the first thing that we need to understand here is that in our worlds, if we want to see the impossible, we cannot expect the impossible to happen if we don't believe that it can happen. Okay, don't expect the impossible to happen if you don't have faith that it will. Step one in seeing God move in our lives, seeing God move in our community, seeing God move in our world is believing that he can. Okay, it's having the faith that he will. So many of us, quite frankly, are weak in faith, and I'm putting myself in that category as well. There are a lot of things where I just think, mm, I don't know that that can be done. And it's not that I think God has a weakness, right? Like God can't do it, but I just look at myself introspectively and say, there's no way that I can do that, right? You throw me in a burning furnace with all this adipose tissue and I'm going to come up crispy, right? It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen very quickly. And um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they should have burned up too. They were thrown in the furnace fully clothed, right? Beards, long hair, uh, cloaks, lots of cloth. And, and, and when they were pulled out, it was said that not even a string on their garment was, was fringed. Like there was no burn marks anywhere. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they put their faith in the king of kings. They put their faith in the God that they saw remove Daniel out of the lion's den, right, without any scratch or any, any mark on him. And a lot of times in life when we face the impossible, when we face things that are too difficult for us, it's important that we rely on past experiences. We look at the things that God has already gotten us through and say, if God got me through that, why can't he get me through this? And some of you may say, I don't have a lot of experiences myself. Well, then rely on the experiences of others. Because I can tell you that there are people all over this room, probably every single person in this room, that can tell a story of how God delivered them from something that they thought was absolutely impossible. And if we just put our faith in the God that we've already known to have worked in our world, a God that truly does work in our world, we can see things that we consider impossible take place. Okay? So we're going to continue on. We're going to look at verses 24 and 25 here. And this is what they had to say. Uh, let me turn the page. It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. This is after he sees in the furnace, right? He sent in three guys. There's four in there. He sends in three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he's viewing this. He wants to see him burn up. He's like, this is my punishment. I'm going to see him get crispy. And then all of a sudden he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's four people in there. There's four people in there. And so Nebuchadnezzar leaps to his feet in amazement, and he asks his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and we threw into the furnace? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of a god. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Uh, that was verse 26, just so you know. I went, a, I went a little extra. We're going to look at that here in a moment. But 
so here's, here's King Nebuchadnezzar, just mind blown, right? Just what, what in the heck's going on? I sent in three. I had them tied up. They're in there walking around, and they got a fourth guy with them. What in the world takes place? One thing I want us to understand, and a message I think that God is truly putting out there in this instance, is that God walks with us when we are in a, the furnace, okay? When we spend our time in the furnace, God walks with us. Now, each and every one of us has a furnace. Our furnaces may be different, okay? That doesn't mean that they're not as important as one another. Our furnace may be school. I mean, it may, maybe you're working full-time and you're doing lots of other things with your family and then you've chosen as an adult to go back to school and further your education. And it's just stressful, right? I'm facing that now. It's, it seems like I had no extra time before and now I really don't. Um, thank goodness for the back injury. I got some homework done this week, you know? But it's just like we, we face these things and they, they seem insurmountable. Some of us, it's a cancer diagnosis. And man, I, I, I can't even begin to imagine. I have lots of people in my fa- family that have faced cancer diagnosis. I almost never existed because my mom had stage four melanoma um, when they really didn't have a treatment for it. And talk about the impossible, she survived. Um, she had like a 4% chance, I think, is what they told her. Pretty cool, huh? Um, but cancer is just like, ugh, it's awful. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe, maybe it's something like that, and it just seems insurmountable. It seems impossible. It seems like I just can't, I can't deal with this. I can't fix this on my own. I don't know what your furnace is. I don't know what it is. But what I do know is that God is walking in that time with you, and if you just look to see him, if you just look to, to find God in that time, he will be there. He will show up, and he will walk with you step by step through that time in your life. If we look at verse 26, which I read previously, I'll just read it again here real quickly. It said that Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High, come out here, come here. What Nebuchadnezzar was experiencing there was amazement. Was amazement. How in the world are these guys doing this? One, how's there a fourth guy there, but how how did any of them survive? I just threw them into a, a blazing hot furnace, fully clothed, bound. They shouldn't be walking. They shouldn't be, you know, able to walk towards me. They should be dead. Pure amazement. One of the cool things if there is a cool thing that happens about our time in the furnace, is that when we make it out on the other side, people are going to want to know how. People are going to want to know how, and that opens up a unique opportunity for us to share what God has done in our lives. To share what God's done in our lives. It's extremely important that as Christians that we share our experiences when God works in our life because, one, it helps strengthen other Christians to know that, that God is actively out there working. And you never know who may feel alone in their trials, and you never know who may feel alone in the things that they're facing. But if, if we can just share our experiences with others and, and use our experiences that, that honestly at times we don't want to talk about for the betterment of other people, then, then we can use that for, for good. I'm going to be real, real honest with you guys. I don't know why we have to face hurt and pain. Okay, now I I get the theological reason. I understand that the fall of man took place and that sin was introduced in the world and that that's why it actually happens. But I'm just saying from just a personal, emotional perspective, pain and hurt, they suck. Agreement there? 
I mean, nobody wants to experience that. So what good can come of it? In my life, this is me personally, I've had drug addiction, chronic physical pain, clinical depression, crippling anxiety to where the only thing that my body will literally do is either go to sleep or throw up. Pretty cool, huh? I've lost things that I've loved. I've lost people that I love. I've had dreams crushed. And quite frankly, haven't we all? Like I said, we all have our furnace. We've all faced that time in our lives. But if there's one thing that I can be happy about, or if there's one thing that I can take from all that, is that if I hadn't gone through those situations, there's no way that I could have related to people who had clinical depression, or crushing anxiety, or drug addiction, or seen dreams crushed, or lost people that they love. Each and every one of you has that own specific furnace that I talked about that allows you to relate to somebody in this world in a way that you can and I can't. You have your own individual story that gets to make an impact for Jesus. And the things that you've been through, although terrible and maybe hard to understand at the time that you're in them, when we come out the other side through the help of God, that when we lean on him, that's brought us through this thing that's done the impossible, we have a new story and we have a new way to relate to people and say, you know, I've been there. And Jesus loved me through it. Let me talk to you about him and show you how he can love you through this too. And we have a new way to say, I've been there. I know how hard it is. If you need somebody to lean on, please come to me. Right? Our, each and every one of us, our individual furnaces, it makes us better. It makes us better people. It makes us stronger people. It makes us better Christians. It allows us to be better servants. And it allows us to be more like Jesus. As I just said, if we'll look at these final two verses, 28 through 30, we come out of the furnace better for it. This is what it says. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubber. Rubber? Rubble. Not rubber. Rubber might be useful. Good slip there. <laughs> For no one other than God can save in this way. Then the king again promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. We come out of the furnace better for it. The fire refines us, makes us stronger individuals. As I said, it, it makes us better. I'm going to read a passage for you in 1 Peter. It's verses 3 through 9 if you want to look at it yourself, but this is what it has to say. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief 
in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So why do we go through these things? Because it refines us, because it does make us better, because it proves our faith, because it allows us to align ourselves in Jesus. And ultimately, when we put our faith in God in these times, it brings about an inheritance that no one can take away, that does not perish. You have a place for you set aside right now in heaven. It's yours. I can't touch it. It won't be taken away. All you have to do is reach out and grab it by saying that I serve the King of Kings, the God of the impossible, who brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire, and he can bring me through the fire too. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you for this opportunity to serve. We thank you for this opportunity to dive into your word and to see how you love us, to see how you provide for us, to see how you want to make our lives better. God, in times when we face trials and we face tribulations and we find ourselves in the furnace and we think, how can I get out of this? How can I go on? God, you make a way. If we just lean on you, if we just take the opportunity to, to, to test our faith, to stretch our faith, to say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're going to do this. And then stand side by side with you and let you work, God. I pray that, that you just allow us all to have that type of faith, that you allow us all to have that type of courage. God, if there's anybody that's struggling with anything today, I pray that you allow them to come to me or Shelly who will be in the back to pray with us so we can pray for them specifically for their situation. Maybe they don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Maybe it has nothing to do with that whatsoever, God. But I pray that you don't let anybody leave this room today without talking to somebody uh, about what's going on in their life with, without getting prayed for, uh, without being able to experience your love and without the understanding to know that you are with them in each and every step of their life. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the fact that you refine us and that you love us and that you call us your own and that you've made a place for us. All these things we pray in your name. Amen.